Army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where today we are celebrating on Sunday at church the baptism of Jesus, and then tonight our church, as many have done on Friday or Saturday or tonight, will celebrate the coming of the wise men, the Magi, to Bethlehem. And unfortunately, my Friday wise men epiphany talk about the stars didn't make the recording. Somehow it didn't start recording until too late. This is, I am the engineer, so it's my fault. So that episode will not be given. So I'll try to expand on the wise men a little bit more than I will in today's sermon. But um, I hope you can get the full experience tonight. If you can join us, I believe we will be zooming it as best we can with a fire pit and everything. So um, the recording, the sound may not be great tonight. So I'll try to cover some of that ground today. Thanks for joining. Jesus' baptism is the great moment that begins his ministry. It's a spectacular moment, although it takes place in a quite unspectacular way by from outside observers. Um, there certainly was some supernatural phenomena associated with it in the Gospels. The voice from heaven, the dove descending, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, the voice from heaven. But ultimately, it is just a baptism, just like the one you may have had and I have had. It is someone standing with us in the water saying the new life of Jesus, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that there is a new agenda and program for your life that is to serve God. And that is a life of sacrifice, of suffering, but of knowing that joy of the purpose of following Jesus. And that is what Jesus experiences in his baptism, although he's not technically following Jesus since he is Jesus, but ultimately that devotion to what God has for him, that his will is now part of God's will. This isn't like about whether you should have Cheerios this morning or not. It is more about how we fall and how we get back up. When you are moving in the direction of God with God, No matter how many times you fall, you get back up and you head in the same direction. Even if you go backwards, you head in that direction again. This is what it means to be a Christian, really. Ultimately, it's to learn how to fall. In roller skating and rollerblading, that's sort of the first lesson is how to fall. Same with a lot of sports that involve precarious foot movements. You got to learn how to fall. And in Christianity, we've got to learn how to fall too, that ultimately the bedrock of our faith, that watery bedrock, if you will, is the water of baptism. That's what holds us up when all else fails. And Jesus goes through that to fulfill all righteousness. Even though there's a discussion about John's baptism for repentance, why do you need to do this, Jesus? Um, Jesus says, I have to fulfill all righteousness. This is Jesus becoming one of us when he fulfills all righteousness. That he is born under the law to redeem those under the law. 
Jesus is Jewish. He is born into a Judean family, the origin of the word Jewish. Although he is raised in Nazareth as well, he is a Galilean in some ways. Uh, all of these distinctions mattered a lot more back then than they do now for us as we go back 2,000 years and sort of sort through. But your, your identity matters, what you call yourself, who you call yourself, how you call yourself. And Jesus ultimately is saying, I need to fulfill the righteousness of the law so that I can ultimately identify with people. It is not enough to be born to identify with people, but we have to live with them. Jesus has to become one of us in all these ways. And it's his choice. This is the way I fulfill all righteousness, he says. And this is the moment where the baptism creates a supernatural phenomena. The heavens opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. The voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This message to Jesus is the ultimate love in the Trinity. We can see the Trinitarian love focus, this this voice from heaven, God the Father, the Spirit descending, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son receiving this love from God the Father and the Spirit moving between them. You can see why some theologians sort of set up the Trinity that way, that there's a Father and the Son, and the love between them is the Holy Spirit. But ultimately, the Holy Spirit is a person too, part of this holy trinity of love. All the Trinity is doing here is absorbing all of us into that love. That is the love that we live in. That is the love that really is our main way of finding fulfillment in life, is to be absorbed into that Trinitarian love. Ultimately, that is the meaning of resurrection, is that ability to wake up in love, to be loved and to share that love with others. This Trinitarian love that swirls around is glimpsed by the humans that stood on the banks of that river. And I think that happens every time we have a baptism. We get a glimpse of God's love for us, for this tiny baby or grown-up or whoever is getting baptized, that idea that we are in deep need of grace, we are in need of love, beyond the kind of natural affection that we might have for a child or for one of a friend or something like that. But we need divine love. We need love that breaks through the heavens. We need love that comes down here. I wish I had a better way to tell this part of the story, but I heard it from a, an Irish uh, speaker many years ago. And he said that when the uh, troubles were happening between Great Britain and Ireland, there was um, the bombers, the, the, the freedom fighters, revolutionaries, whoever you call them, would would uh, bomb buildings and they would place a bomb with a timer on it inside a building in London or somewhere and they would call the number and say, hey, you've got five minutes to get out. Well, anyway, they would, this one bomber was doing this. He would make the bomb, put, place it, call the, number, call the number of the place and say, you've got five minutes to get out. There's a bomb. Um, you've got five minutes to get out. Well, one day... He is hoisted by his own petard. The petard was an explosive charge placed under the walls of a medieval city to blow it up. Well, being hoisted by your own petard means you got blown up by the very bomb you made. And this happens to this uh, terrorist. He, he um, blows up 
himself and he's there standing in front of the pearly gates in heaven. And uh, God says to him, or I think it's St. Peter in the story, says to him, um, let me see. I'm not sure I have you on my list on the book, in the book of life. And the bomber says, you know, I'm not here to come in. I'm giving you five minutes to get out. Which, when you think about it, is ultimately what prayer is. Prayer is not so much, oh God, take us up to heaven so we don't have to deal with the stuff on earth. Prayer is, God, I need you to come down here. You've got five minutes to get out of heaven and come down here. Don't you know what we're suffering? Don't you know that we're, what we're experiencing here on this earth? And ultimately, the incarnation, the enfleshment of God in Jesus Christ, that event in human history is the ultimate answer to these prayers of, you've got five minutes to get out. Come down here now and see what's going on. Come and help us. And God does. And here we see a glimpse of the full Godhead expressed in the life of Jesus, that this is not some pet project by one member of the Trinity, but this is God working in human history, God working in your life and mine, God working in the lives of John the Baptist and all the others that are there on the banks of that Jordan River. Right after the Iraq War, I went to Israel, and I went with my dad. He was leading a tour there, and I met up with him, and I was there and I stayed a little longer than they stayed, but I did go on with them on the bus to see the sights. And we stayed at a kibbutz in, um, near the Sea of Galilee, pretty close to the, where the Jordan River begins from the Sea of Galilee. And I went running that morning. I was obsessed with running then, as, as I am still. I was running, and I happened to just turn on a road, and there was the site of Jesus' baptism. And I'd had so many difficulties. I had gone my own way. I had turned away. I had wandered far in a land that is waste. I wasn't sure who I was or if I believed in God or if God was even good. The war had turned that upside down for me. I wasn't sure what good was or bad was anymore. I wasn't sure if God was good or if God was even existent or in any way related to my life. And there in that water, they had a little trough out front with the baptismal water. I guess if they're closed, you could still get some of the water. And I just dunked my head in there. It was pretty cold that morning. Just dunked my head in. I didn't get all the way in. Figured the head was enough. But I remember the splash of that water. And it, it was a way of saying, I hope, I hope I can have a new life. I hope that whatever baptism I got many years ago counts and makes a difference and can help me through what I'm going through, that I do want to be part of this kingdom of God. I do want this, but I don't know how to do it. And in that moment, I knew that I was God's beloved son, God's beloved child. I think that splash of the water should remind us of that. And I knew that no matter that I would end up somewhere where God wanted me to be, that my life was not over, all was not lost. There were still shreds and scraps that needed to heal, and there were still wounds that needed attention and all those things, but ultimately that I was going to be okay, that my baptism 
had counted in some way, and there was no other baptisms I could do. I could soak in the waters of the Jordan forever, and it still wouldn't make me any better. I already was. I already was baptized. And that is the voice from heaven saying, This is my child, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. That's who you are in Christ. If you haven't been baptized, come and do it. Do it now as soon as you can. If you have, remember your baptism and baptize some others. That'll remind you even even better, participate in the baptisms of others. This is the one way we remember who we are, not defined by any outward category of achievement or success, but ultimately by how God sees us in love. God loves you. You are God's beloved child. Amen. who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Amen.